Hey, thanks for listening. Just a warning we wanted to put out there before this episode gets started. There may be some subject matter content in this episode today that might be disturbing for some, including younger audiences. We're discussing violence in schools, specifically as it relates to guns. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. So both Gabby and I know from personal experience of being reporters and having covered this topic, Gabby covering a school shooting in Roswell years ago, I covered one in Aztec. It is not something you want to cover as a reporter and it is not easy for anyone else involved who you're talking to with these stories. And, and of course, I am talking about the, the topic of mass shootings, whether they happen in a workplace, a public area or a school. There is always a few things in common. They leave a lasting impact on the community and they usually always get a response from somebody involved. Yeah. And there are a lot of sides to this in response to mass shootings. We know a lot of us think about politics or political responses afterwards. Sometimes there's community efforts that stem from these tragedies. And sometimes it's businesses that come up with an idea of how to help. But regardless of the stance that you might have on gun violence, for instance, I think every parent agrees that kids should be safe in schools. So with that in mind, we know there are certain things that school districts are using and doing. They're adopting tools in some cases to address the idea of how to improve campus safety. Recently, a New Mexico school district in the southeast part of the state announced it was trying something new. That is Clovis Municipal Schools in Clovis, New Mexico, which is just about 15 minutes drive west of the Texas border, about two hours away from Amarillo. The school district there is now using technology with artificial intelligence that works to quickly identify guns captured on camera. So talking with us remotely today is Lauren Hill. He's the senior director of operations for the district. Lauren, thanks for chatting with us. Great to be here. Thank you for the invite. All right, Lauren. So Clovis Schools, they recently adopted the use of this AI technology um, that Gabby mentioned here just a little bit. It's a company called Zero Eyes, and we'll get to an interview with them here in this episode soon. But in short, they have an AI surveillance platform that helps identify guns on security camera feeds. And I wanted to ask you, Lauren, how did Clovis Schools arrive at the decision to adopt this technology? What was the process and why? So I'll say we, we use media sources uh, originally and, and another district in southeastern New Mexico has the same technology. And there are other districts that have similar technology, not just through uh, zero eyes. There's several companies available, but that's how we originally got started was just talking to other district leaders in our part of the state who discussed this. As we proceeded further into it, we we issued an RFP, a request for proposal uh, and we evaluated ultimately five different companies before we agreed upon uh, to go into contract with Zero Eyes. And what was the reason or, or why? No, unfortunately, just like you guys in the in the industry, we are hearing about mass shootings weekly, if not daily. And we knew that we needed to take a proactive step in helping keep our students and staff and our community safe. And we felt like artificial intelligence and zero eyes and what they had to offer was a great start. 
And just to get a better idea of how big your district is, you know, we're in Albuquerque. We mentioned Clovis is like in the southeast part of the state. How many schools do you all serve and how many students go to Clovis schools? Sure. So we have 18 different sites, 13 elementaries, three middle schools, a ninth grade campus, and then a high school 10 through 12 campus. We service about 7,200 students with those 18 campuses. And obviously we know there are privacy issues when it comes to incidents that happen within schools. So we recognize that there are things that maybe you can't say, but we should ask, was there any particular incident that the district looked at, whether here or elsewhere that occurred as a a reasoning for bringing in this tech on board? I've been asked that question quite a bit. And and for us, the the answer is that we've had multiple incidents in our state, in our uh, community and around the country. And so there was not any particular single incident. It's just a culmination of needing a, a layer of protection that we felt we could get through artificial intelligence. And this software is operational, right? It is running right now, right? Correct. I have the dashboard up on my my screen as we're speaking. Yeah, we've been in, it's been a little over a month now, I believe. Okay. And so with that in mind, we often hear about a layered approach towards school safety and security. So I'm assuming that Clovis probably has a layered approach towards security as well, meaning that, you know, zero eyes may just be one component of what you do. So I wanted to ask you, are there any other things that Clovis Schools has done to address school security? How big of a deal is this Zero Eyes Tech sort of in that layered approach? Yeah, I, I thank you for bringing up the layered approach because that's exactly right. And we, and we try to layer uh, multiple systems and Zero Eyes is one of those. Uh, but one of the other pieces is, is five or six years ago, we installed what we call secure vestibules. And so community members, parents, they can enter the school building and they can visit with office personnel, but there is a vestibule in between the front office and their ability to get into the building. So that is one of the approaches that we have. Uh, We do some work with classroom doors closed and locked. We have an onboarding system to help address uh, what the expectations are, faculty meetings. We have a minimum of PD, uh, eight standards or eight drills that need to be conducted. So we do believe it's a layered approach. We have recently also uh, procured some metal detectors, pass-through detectors. It's not truly metal, but it's a pass-through detector for concealed weapons. So when we talk about that layered approach, zero eyes is going to detect brandished weapons. And depending on how good your camera quality is, there's a minimum of that is required, but but there's a cost and a, and a technology piece of it that it, it, it does not go for miles and miles. And so there has to be some proximity to the building. So for every layered approach, there's also a, a downside to that, but exactly what you said, we want to multi-layer. So I would say training, the physical uh, hardening of the exterior, which is what most of these interviews have consisted upon. And I've not really had an extended time to talk about it. We have mental health resources. And so we have mental health counselors in every one of our 18 sites And so we talk about the physical hardening of it, but there's also the social, emotional and the culture piece of it, right? We're still an educational institution. And so as we're walking through past detectors and the camera system, it's on our existing cameras. Students, parents see that every day. There's nothing external that you would look up and say, oh, that's a zero eyes weapon. It's just a camera like every other camera. But 
there's multiple layers. I know we're talking about the physical piece, but but there's a mental and cultural aspect to all this too. And exactly exactly what Gabby said that, that regardless of what side of the fence you're on, we're in we're all interested in keeping ourselves safe and especially our students. You know, one of the major suggestions that's been out there regarding school safety is the idea of increasing armed guards and using more police officers on school campuses. And I also just wanted to ask for perspective, you know, do you guys already have school resource officers or, or security guards or armed guards? Um, what, what is the sort of security apparatus in terms of the physical person at Clovis schools? All of our secondary sites have school security guards. Our high school has multiple security guards. Uh, we are in negotiations with our local police department to add resource officers back in the school district. Some 10 or so years ago, we had those in our facilities at the secondary level. They were available to all, but they were housed office-wise in our secondary schools. And much like uh, the rest of New Mexico and the country is that we had some staffing issues. And so they, they are getting some new recruits and some availability to that. So we do not currently have armed guards in our facilities, but we are contracting and negotiating with our local PD to return those to our buildings. I wanted to ask about cost as well, um, because, you know, contracting with a service does come with a cost. And we know that, you know, there are ups and downs that happen with school funding, depending on what the revenues are like at a state level sometimes, or maybe even uh, what's going on in local communities. So with that in mind, do you see this as being a sustainable expense and about how much is this costing? So currently we are in a four-year contract for a total of $345,000. We were able to secure the funding for these first four years through our federal CARES money that came as a result of COVID. So that expense will revert back to the district unless there is some additional federal funding or state funding. So legislative session has passed some measures to increase our security funding. Uh, we don't know what each district's allocation is, but in our district, we have started to make plans for exactly that, right? Cameras don't last forever. The technology's upgraded and gets better. Zero eyes will be upgraded and gets better. So is it a tough haul every four years to expend over $300,000? 100% it is. And that is a concern of ours, absolutely. But we're trying to be proactive in this first, second, third year that we can set aside some money if additional federal or state funding does not come forward. But but it is, the technology is is newer and it is expensive and that's a concern. So this tech goes within the surveillance cameras that are already operating in your schools. What has the communication and feedback been like from parents, students, I'm assuming you you all had to let them know that this, you know, was being implemented. Did you hear any feedback or are there privacy concerns from parents and families? Sure. So the the feedback has been positive. You you're never going to be 100% in any line of business, uh, but overall, and so I think schools across New Mexico and across the country and we're no different. We we've dealt with a lot of social media uh, threats. And then there's always some internal threats and, and different ways you come across those. And I will say that from my experience and the feedback that I've gotten from students, staff, and community members is, is we're all becoming um, almost exhausted for the amount of time that we are spending investigating. And we are going to investigate as every school is every single incident. But what that also does is takes time away from the educational experience and, and really the feedback has been positive and, and 
people are appreciative that we are taking additional steps and that we're investigating thoroughly and we have technology and other resources, but we're getting to a point that parents are fed up uh, as we all are, that, that this is happening. And they're, I feel are much more interested in getting to the bottom line and helping us create a safer environment uh, than we once were. There are a lot of hoax threats from what there we understand. There is a ton of hoax. Absolutely. Okay. There, there is. And, and we had an incident that came, it, it actually generated in Clovis from 2018, but with social media of today and how fast that travels or how it comes across somebody else's feed, we actually worked with the school district in Oklahoma because it talked about CHS. It didn't say Clovis High School. And I, I don't know if it was Comanche High School, but it was another CHS in Oklahoma. It was from 2018, but it traveled to Oklahoma, circulated, came back. And so those conversations are not only occurring within our state and our district locally, but it's also it's nationwide. I've had calls from Idaho. I've had a call from uh, John Hopkins University in New York. People are interested in this and, and that networking has been awesome uh, to help all of us. As we understand, you know, the way that this works is that once a firearm might be identified by the technology, an alert will go out. And then once that happens, there's still an amount of time when people have to act or react to the school and respond. These types of situations we know can unfold so quickly. What do you think this added technology ultimately does for school safety in Clovis schools? I think, unfortunately, no layer of protection is going to 100% keep everyone safe. But I do believe that it provides time back. So, for example, our high school, 10 through 12, we have approximately 1,500 students, another 150 staff members. And so if they walk in through our front doors, we have some layers of protection for those front doors. But we have another 1,400 plus people sort of in the back of the building. And so this technology allows first responders were not the teachers not making a phone call to the front office to then tell the principal who then possibly could call 911 all of that's happening simultaneously and there's not any extra phone calls that need to be made so first responders are truly getting the first call that goes with that and they're able to send responders uh, far sooner as well as following our protocols of run hide fight in a lockdown situation and so notifying and and we would love to to make everyone 100% safe, but we, we want to make the most safe environment as we can at any given moment. Lastly, Lauren, what would your message be to parents and students alike when it comes to keeping campuses safe? I think the communication piece is, is of utmost importance. And so see something, say something. And so whether it's violence or just some conflict amongst peers, uh, see something, say something. And, and we, like always, right, we need to investigate our students' social media and we need to be aware of who their friends are and our surroundings. And you, you can't ever be too careful. And so it sounds a little odd or a hoax, but let us, uh, as well as first responders and, and PD experienced investigators, let us take a look at that. So see something, say something, and please communicate. If it seems funny, smells funny, then let us check it out along again with our first responders. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us about this and, and how Clovis Schools is using this technology. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Again, I appreciate the invite. We're going to take a short break, but coming up, a conversation with Tim Solzer with Zero Eyes, the company behind this technology 
more on how it started and how it works. Okay, we're here with Tim Salser, the Chief Technology Officer and co-founder of Zero Eyes. Tim, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And so you are all the way in Philadelphia, is that right? Is that where your headquarters are? Yeah, just outside of Philadelphia in a suburb of Conshohocken. Okay. And I was reading a little bit about Zero Eyes and your website says the company was founded in 2018 by a team of former Navy SEALs and tech experts who've lived through, quote, countless active shooter situations and was created to protect people from having to face similar circumstances. So, Tim, can you just start with telling us a little more about the Zero Eyes origin story and the mission behind it? So about five years ago, uh, it was just following the uh, parking shooting in Florida. And uh, Mike Leif, our CEO, uh, was picking his daughter up from school one day, and she had just gone through an active shooter drill, and she was pretty distraught. And so Mike got his wheels turning. Uh, he started asking school security about you know, how, how they handle this and you know, how they're using their, their security cameras to try to prevent something like this. And their answer was basically, I'm just using this forensically. So they have a big monitor on a screen with uh, tons of camera views coming in, uh, but they're only really looking at the cameras after the fact, after something went wrong. So Mike saw that as an opportunity, you know, and we use these same uh, security cameras that are being used uh, forensically to be a proactive solution. So that's how the idea for Zero Eyes was born. So. Along those lines, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit more about how the tech works. As I understand, Zero Eyes sort of says it is a, quote, human verified proactive gun detection and situational awareness software into existing digital security cameras. So the AI part of this, though, I imagine is a big piece of this. Is this, how does this work? Is this essentially, you know, an algorithm that can recognize objects and posture and situations that then may flag a system. Can you just sort of explain how it works? Absolutely. So we, we view our AI technology as a force multiplier. So uh, we use existing security camera infrastructure, so you don't need to uh, change any of your cameras. We work with what's already there. Mm. And we've trained an AI model to, uh, to basically just look for guns. So it's only looking for the presence of a, a visible brandished firearm. So it, in real time, uh, 24-7, 365 is reviewing uh, the footage coming from real-time security cameras uh, and looking frame by frame to see if there's a gun present. At the point at which it thinks that it detects a, a gun, uh, it sends that alert to our Zero-Eyes Operations Center. Uh, we have two operation centers, one here in Conshohocken, just outside of Philadelphia, and another one in Hawaii, so we have redundant monitoring. And we have trained military veterans, former law enforcement that look at those alerts and verify that it is a gun uh, before dispatching. And that way, our customers will never see a false positive. Uh, we make sure that only uh, real weapon detected alerts uh, are sent to, uh, to customers. Is that at all difficult, though, that you are lacing this AI tech over the existing systems? Because we know, just um, as news reporters, right, 
when we ask for public records a lot of times for different crimes over the years, we get a whole different bunch of file types and systems. And you realize just how many different types of security systems, I guess, are out there. And the quality also varies on cameras, right? Some of them are great 4K, beautiful resolution. Others are very poor. That being said, how difficult is that to overlay this type of technology over what could be high quality cameras versus really low quality systems? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we, we work optimally on digital IP cameras. Uh, since the very beginning of the company, we've seen a wide array of different types of cameras and different quality, uh, everywhere from low resolution analog cameras all the way through to high resolution digital cameras. And while in the past we've uh, processed all different types of resolutions, we really focus on uh, digital IP cameras because they give us the best possible chance for detection. Uh, the, the more uh, resolution, more pixels we have on target, uh, the better our chance to actually identify that it's a gun and be able to uh, make a detection in real time. One of the key components here is that if the AI flags a gun inside of a school, for instance, is there a human at your headquarters who's also sitting there 24-7 to analyze if that is a real gun or how exactly is it human verified? It's a great question. Uh, that That is one of the big value adds that we provide is we, we make sure that no alerts go to the end customer until they're verified by a human. So uh, we have, we call it the ZOC, the Zero Eyes Operations Center, uh, which is staffed 24-7 by trained former military uh, law enforcement personnel. And they have the experience both in critical situations, high stress situations to be able to respond when there is a real weapon. Uh, but they also, you know, they've handled weapons. They, uh, they know what a gun looks like. So they're able to really quickly verify when a, a detection comes in, whether it is a false positive or a, a true weapon alert. Uh, and at the point of which, at which they identify that it is a real weapon, they'll click dispatch, uh, and that will initiate the alert to be sent out to the end customer, which we use uh, email, SMS, text alerts, uh, but also a mobile app and a desktop web app uh, to communicate those alerts uh, in whatever the best form is for the customer. So we want to we want to give them the information that they need to be able to make you know critical decisions in those uh, in those scenarios in real time. And as I heard. If I heard correctly, you said earlier, there's two of these operation centers, right? There's essentially two areas where people are sort of reviewing when alerts come in, right? Yeah, one in Kanchak and then uh, another one in Hawaii. Uh, we make use of uh, the, you know, there's a lot of military personnel that's stationed in Hawaii, but also the time difference. So that gives a little bit of relief. We don't need to staff a night shift near as often. And it gives us that failover uh, in case, uh, for whatever reason, disaster strikes and uh, one of our uh, operation centers is down. You mentioned as well, these alerts going to the staff at schools or the customers. You're not contacting law enforcement directly, or is that something that, you know, you look at a case-by-case basis? It, it depends on what the customer desires, okay. uh, but we do also have an integration with a company called Rapid SOS, and that integration allows us to be tied in directly to the closest a PSAP or 911 operating center to the camera location. So that initiates a direct line between the operators and our ZOC, our operations center, uh, and that PSAP uh, dispatcher uh, to be able to communicate follow-on information beyond the, the initial alert. But 
from the, the school or company standpoint, that's a customer of ours. Uh, we send the alerts to uh, school administration, uh, security staff, security resource officers, and whoever uh, is, is vital to have that information on site that can actually do something about it and respond. This is a broader kind of mission style question. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of talk among school administrators, families, all concerned about how to handle school security. It sounds like it is entrenched in the creation of this company even and how to keep kids safe. But regardless of, say, anyone's stance on gun control, I wanted to ask, why do you feel that technology like this is needed aside from or alongside security officers or school resource officers? That's a great question. Uh, we see our solution as a layered approach. Any, any good security uh, process or system is layered, so there's multiple layers. You know, we have the ability to give situational intelligence to those on-site security staff, but uh, essentially we still need somebody to respond to the threat, whether that's law enforcement, first responders, uh, or ideally on-site security because they're, they're there, they're potentially seconds or minutes away. Uh, and can actually do something about it. So in order to give them the tool that they need, uh, the information that they need, uh, we try to make those uh, detections as quickly as possible, as little as three to five seconds from the gun being displayed on camera to an alert being sent to the security officer. And that allows them to know exactly where the alert occurred, meaning where the, uh, uh, the gun was detected, what the perpetrator looks like, what type of gun they're carrying, uh, and then it'll allow them to track that person throughout the building as subsequent detections are made. Just to use a real life example that I know I'm sure a lot of people heard about recently, the Covenant Christian School in Nashville in late March, a 28 year old female and former student walked into the school with a rifle, a handgun, a smaller nine millimeter shot and killed three children and three adults. She reportedly fired 152 rounds and then 14 minutes after the shooter entered the school, she was killed by responding officers. First of all, these are just terrifying, indescribable tragedies that I know all of us wish we did not have to report on or worry about. But from your perspective and what you do for a living now with zero eyes, one question I have is, you know, we know how quickly things can happen within seconds, minutes, all of that counts. One of your main missions is cutting down those response times as much as possible. You mentioned three to five seconds, but how quickly does this technology work and can it detect not just rifles, but smaller handguns and do they have to be visible or what about concealed weapons too? Sure. Um, let me just start by saying that, you know, my, my heart is broken anytime I hear about one of these incidents, uh, something that we track really closely as a company so that we, we can be informed and try to uh, build our product to address the, the situation wherever possible. You know, reviewing the uh, the aftermath of uh, the, the Covenant shooting, the first responders uh, response to the situation was extremely effective, it seemed. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them. Uh, but our, our goal is essentially to eliminate the need for uh, first responders to clear the entire building in order to understand where the threat is. And you can, um, I'm not sure if you viewed some of the video from the, uh, from the situation, but uh, you can see as the first responders go through the building, how tedious it is to have to clear every single uh, room in the building before they progress on so that they don't miss uh, where the shooter is. So that highlights the value that we provide. 
showing exactly which camera uh, detected the uh, the gun uh, and directing first responders to that location immediately. As far as uh, detection capability, uh, the gun does need to be visible, has to be uh, brandished uh, and visible to security cameras. We do not do uh, concealed detection. Uh, we do not do uh, any sort of pose estimation or biometric analysis like facial detection, facial recognition. We're solely focused on detecting uh, a visible weapon as quickly as possible and communicating that situational awareness uh, to first responders. We know there's a, uh, a four-year contract now that Zero Eyes has with Clovis schools here in New Mexico. I'm not sure if you can share this, but how many other districts maybe are you working in out there in the U.S. or maybe even in New Mexico or is Clovis the first? And what are the goals for the future? Our goal is to be on as many cameras as possible in, in the United States. Uh, there's, you know, there's no secret that we have a you know, gun violence related problem and our, our ability to, you know, be on more cameras increases the possibility and the eventuality that we'll be able to make a, a live detection and you know, hopefully save some lives. Uh, as far as, you know, where we're at now, uh, we're, uh, we're across at least 30 states, uh, over 30 states, and we're in two different countries besides the United States right now. Unfortunately, there's, there's been no shortage of uh, gun-related violence and mass shootings in, in the past you know, several years. So the, uh, the, the demand has been increasing. Uh, and we're, we're getting the awareness that we need to be able to, you know, deploy our solution in more schools, uh, more, more buildings, public spaces so that we can uh, hopefully address that sooner. And I know you guys are a private company. Have you had any pushback or, or people raising concerns about privacy? Big Brother, you mentioned being in existing surveillance cameras and there's, there are people monitoring those feeds. So it, are there those concerns as well? Yeah, we, we don't handle any live video right now. So the AI is our, our first pass at that video. And like I said, we, we don't do any sort of person analysis, uh, facial detection or recognition or pose estimation. So we're trying to distance ourselves as much as possible from any privacy concerns. We strictly want to know if there's a gun visible on site. And our customers are, are really thankful to have that capability without the threat of you know, some sort of uh, infringement on a uh, person's privacy, especially in schools, because, you know, we, we don't want to, uh, you know, put any uh, students at risk. Got it. So these, the humans at the headquarters who are monitoring and being able to verify, you know, is that a gun? Is it not a gun? They're not like watching a whole bunch of cameras live. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. Can you tell us whether or not you've had a positive detection of a, of a weapon in any of the campuses that zero wise exists on? And, and if so, how did that go? Yeah, we've, we've detected uh, hundreds, if not thousands of guns at this point, by the nature of our solution, it's really difficult to say whether or not some of those guns were going to be used in uh, an actual shooting or a targeted uh, situation like that. But, you know, we, we get all different types of detections everywhere from, you know, first responders, uh, doing training exercises or on, on-site security all the way through to airsoft type rifles or uh, Orbeez or uh, different uh, look-alike type of uh, toys that, that, uh, that look a lot like guns. So uh, we, make, we make a lot of detections, but it's, it's difficult to say whether or not, you know, those detections were actually going to be used in a, a shooting scenario. And are schools your main focus? Like, are you guys in other kind of facilities, businesses as well, or is schools kind of your mission? I think, you know, when we first got started, it was very focused on schools. We, uh, we were focused on the mission of 
keeping keeping our students safe because uh, if kids don't have a safe learning environment, then the world of tomorrow looks much scarier than than it already does today. So we started off very focused on schools, but from the very beginning, we understood that this same technology uh, that can be used to protect children is also very useful in uh, public spaces, corporate headquarters, uh, malls, retail spaces, virtually anywhere that has security cameras, which is pretty ubiquitous nowadays, and you know has some threat of uh, of a shooting or gun-related violence. So um, one of the key ones that we've been working with recently, uh, close to home, is uh, SEPTA, which is the Southeast Pennsylvania Transit Authority. We're very excited to you know be able to protect people close to home, but like I said, across the United States, across virtually any location that has security cameras. Tim, is there anything else we didn't ask you that you felt like is important to mention or that you want to add? I think I would just uh, reiterate the, you know, that our focus is on gun detection. Uh, we've painstakingly built an in-house uh, completely organic data set uh, of us uh, within the company walking around with guns and uh, at client locations to the point where we've even built a 5,000 square foot green screen laboratory here in Conshohocken that allows us to uh, as, as you might imagine, it's difficult to get footage of walking around with guns at customer locations, but uh, we're able to record regular video from customers and actually overlay that in our green screen lab. So we have uh, trained actors or people within the company walking around with guns, but it appears as though they're at our customer location. So it, it gives us you know, unrivaled capability to make the best gun detection model uh, that we possibly can. And that's our focus. It's very interesting stuff, and we appreciate you taking the time to tell us all about it and how it works. So thank you very much for your time, Tim. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Lauren Hill with Clovis Schools and Tim Solzer with the Zero Eyes Company. Interesting technology. Glad to hear a little bit more about it. Um, Sounds like it is really advanced in how they even figure out what a gun looks like. I thought that was interesting talking about a green screen studio to sort of capture imagery, which then trains an AI model. The tech is in New Mexico. Sounds like it is in a lot of other places as well. Feel free to reach out to us with your story ideas and feedback. I'm at gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media. I'm Chris Dunt McKee at krqe.com, also at Chris McKee TV on social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>